And we are the Extra Sisters, so sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to another hype episode for this year. And in this one, we are talking about Don't Breathe 2. And I don't know, this is kind of weird to me because a lot of times sequels have like super catchy, clever, like sequel names. Mm -hmm. This one's just Don't Breathe 2. I know, it's been a long fucking time since I've seen a number two or three. It's like an old school thing to do, you know? (laughs) Right? Also, I did a big boo-boo on this i accidentally got someone's hopes really 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 high up like really high because i don't know for some reason i posted on facebook that i went and saw this in theaters and i was the only one in the theater except for like two like a couple that came in at some point but then they left and i had like a whole dinner that i shoved in my purse right (laughs) but i like got out and it was great but I posted on Facebook that I like had it all to myself and I was like vibing because it had been a really bad week. And somebody was like, what are you seeing? For some reason, my brain, I think I was thinking about Candyman because oh, that's coming oh out. No, I said, get out to. Oh, no. And somebody was like, what? There is a second one. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry to get your hopes up. No, there is not. <laughs> That's totally fine. I don't know why, but to myself, I keep calling it escape room, even though we already did escape room too. You did do that to me the other day. Like I knew what you meant, but yeah. But like get out too. First of all, there would never be a second one. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say never, but like there, it would be really hard for me to imagine a follow-up to that film. I don't even think there should be. I would watch it, but it would like (laughs) really surprise me if he did a sequel to that beautiful film. Definitely. And then... I, I feel so bad because my friend on Facebook was like so excited and I was like no I think I was trying to will it into existence <laughs> because it probably would have been like better I'm not saying this one was like a dumpster fire but also <laughs> get out to probably would have been better but you know it, yeah yeah but I fucked up I was I felt so bad <laughs> done fucked up. I done fucked up I was gonna delete the comment and everything but I was like I should probably clarify just in case anyone else saw it yeah. so they don't go looking for get out too like I got a special premiere that nobody <laughs> else got <laughs> right. speaking of though I know this is off topic but Candyman is coming out soon yes oh my god it's I'm so well unless we get shut down again which did you see New Zealand got one COVID case and shut the whole country down good Dude, everyone makes fun of that. Like, well, not everyone, but, you know, all the bros in the comments on Facebook and stuff are like, <laughs> like in New Zealand for one case. That's how they handled it. They've been uh-huh. back to normal life since 2020. Right. Because they just go on lockdown, wait for it to go away, and then they go back to normal. And then if it springs up again, they shut it down That's and then the they go back to do it. They've had concerts, big ones. I mean, I know we did too. We had Lollapalooza, but that was fucking embarrassing. Dude, I think I was able to go without a mask for like a month before all this shit happened again. It's ridiculous. I know. We were I'm vibing. Totally vaccinated. I know. Us vaccinated people were like, hey, 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 hey. And then they were like, the unvaccinated were like, fuck you. Thanks, guys. Yeah. It's because all that shit of 
if you're vaccinated, you don't need a mask. But if you are unvaccinated, please wear it. It's the please. Nobody's going to fucking do that shit. That was Show dumb. me the card. Let me see. Yeah, it. literally. Yeah. That like if I owned a business, I would a hundred percent require. Let me see your card, and then they'd be like HIPAA. No, y'all don't know what HIPAA means. Right, exactly. I do because I am the HIPAA compliance officer at <laughs> at our place of business. But HIPAA don't mean shit unless you're a healthcare provider, right. or an insurance company, or a pharmacy. If you're just some business requiring proof of vaccination, you are well within your right to do so. Correct. So if I owned a business. I'd be like, where's the card? Let me see the card. You come in here without a mask? I need to see the card. Otherwise, turn your ass around. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of this shit. And, you know, like, I thought I could stay home for a long time, and I can. But there's, like, a few things I like to do, you know? Mm -hmm. I like my select restaurants. I like to go shopping. And that's really about it. Yeah. The one I'm struggling with right now is... Gabriel Iglesias is like my favorite comedian ever and he's coming to Colorado Springs in November and now I'm like I want to go so bad but I might need to bring my little card and for some fucking dumbass reason the people that gave me my second shot didn't actually fill out my card so now I'm like but but I'm not gonna be able to go yeah that's weird super fucked up like mm, yeah I need to figure that shit out but Add it to my list of everything else. Huh. That is really frustrating. I just don't understand why they wouldn't. Like, you need that. Dude, they didn't ask me to bring it in. They didn't give me another card while I was there. Nothing. They just, like, gave me the shot. I sat for 15 minutes. Bye. (laughs) That's it. Hmm. Yeah. So now I'm going to have to call. I was about to say. Yeah. Call them. Be like, I need the proof. Yeah. I need to go see the comedian. If they even still come. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing. Like, Gabriel Iglesias was fully vaccinated, and he just got COVID recently and had to shut down some of his shows in, I want to say, California. Yeah. I mean, they there have been, a, like, you know, breakthrough cases. They happen, but mm, yeah. the reason he's probably okay is you know because it's because he was fully vaccinated thankfully there's no covid and break don't breathe through don't breathe (laughs) too there's not but the word breakthrough and don't breathe really fucked me up right there i was like (laughs) breakthrough too no no don't break too no don't breathe too (laughs) i had to i had to get there but like it's still important because the whole reason i was getting to this is because what if they take movies away from us again? Because yeah. I started talking about Candyman and we lost right. Candyman in 2020. We'll get Candyman. Like it's close enough to where they're not going to take it away. But it's hard because like, do I want to go to a super crowded theater now to see Candyman? Not fucking really, to be perfectly honest right. with you. Well, there's still some movies that are still going to come out on HBO Max. I know James Wan, I think, has a movie called Malignant coming out. That's going to be on HBO Max and in theaters. So I bet It'll start going back to that again. Yeah, I just watched Suicide Squad, the new one on HBO. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know that that's a thing. But, like, this one didn't come out on streaming. Candyman's not going to come out on streaming. Which is fair. Like, Candyman probably needs to be experienced in theaters, which is, like, the whole point. And for a while, we were like, yes, theaters are back. And, you know, M. Night Shyamalan at the beginning of Old did a whole thing about... Right it's important to be in the theaters and that's why filmmakers make film is to be experienced in that. And I totally get that. But at the same time, now that we're back in this, like 
I'm going to be uncomfortable going to see Candyman, like, to be perfectly honest. Like, Absolutely. and that sucks because I, I, I've looked forward to two movies more than anything. One of them was The Conjuring 3, and I streamed it at home. They, <laughs> they released that. And I was like, Thankfully. okay, cool. Another one is Candyman. Mm-hmm. Like, probably my number one most anticipated movie all year is going to be Candyman. Absolutely. And another one that I, I do want to see is Halloween Kills, but I have mixed feelings on that, and we know that. But right. I, I am anticipating it. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do. But they'll probably only put that one in theaters as well. Absolutely. I don't, I don't see Blumhouse just throwing that one on a streaming service. Yeah. Halloween. No. Mm-mm. We want all that ticket money. Exactly. Because I feel like that one was supposed to come out in 2020 as well. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's kind of a bummer that this is all happening again, because what if they take it away from us again or on the flip side, if you have to go to a crowded theater and you're uncomfortable? Right. But hopefully if we start requiring COVID negative COVID tests or proof of vaccination, more people will be like, well, the COVID shot is free and the COVID test is expensive. So, right. <laughs> you know, that that might be a motivator. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. My, I did feel okay in this one though, because like there is a little theater next to my house that's not like so, it's becoming more popular. But wow, like I was by myself in this theater, so I was like, sweet, like that was fine. I but love that. Don't breathe too is gonna pale in comparison to Candyman. Like, probably, nope. but I'm super getting tired of seeing the Candyman trailers. I didn't, there wasn't a Candyman trailer on this movie. Oh, there was on yeah. mine. I don't think I've actually, I've seen, I think I've seen the Candyman trailer like once. Actually, I did see the new Batman trailer and that looked pretty decent. But yeah, mm. I, I, I have probably only seen it once or twice to be honest with you. But yeah. you're about I mean, to it, it looks get over good, it. good, but yeah. Yeah. No, I felt that way about fucking The Quiet Place too. I was like, mm-hmm. I am so tired of this trailer but then the movie was really good that doesn't mean anything it's just tired of seeing it exactly so we reviewed don't breathe on monday and funny story that was supposed to be a twofer but i fucked everything up so (laughs) i could not get my ass to the theater in time so we had to split it nothing wrong with that landed on a weird time and i was like Kristen, i can't (laughs) so now it now it's a hype on its own it just gets its own special spotlight and you know do, do you think it deserves its own episode I'm really curious as to what you thought about this movie because if you go back and listen to don't breathe we had different opinions on the film so I'm curious as to what your opinion on the second one is I mean it's I definitely like the first one more but I don't dislike the second one I really like that in this, in the second one, it's mostly, I know a comment that you said when we were discussing the first one was that he's the hero and we're rooting for him. And that's not necessarily how I looked at it. I looked at it as we were rooting for this little girl. She is our main character. He has to help her because she's just a little girl, but we're rooting for her. That's, yeah, so that's true. And I, to be fair, like, you know, I had only read a few things and I had yet to fully see the movie. And mm-hmm. now that I've seen it, you, 
I, I still feel similarly as in you still are rooting for him over some other people, but only at us. And we'll get into the plot in a minute. So if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, this is not the episode for you. And that's how all our hypes are. Remember in the beginning when we were like, I don't know how to talk <laughs> about talk this without about spoilers. Yeah. We were trying to be like Chris Thugmany, but his reviews are like five minutes. Yeah. So it doesn't do work. That. Yeah. So obviously we're going to talk about spoilers. So if you don't want to hear it, then bye. But this, you do root for him until a certain point. And then you're like, I don't know who I care, like who to root for here. Because he is a bad person. Mm -hmm. Like, and he admits to that at the end. Yes, which is another part that I liked. I know you were saying that you were upset that we're going to root for him and he's a murderer and a rapist. And he does say that at the end that you shouldn't be around me to this little girl because he's a murderer and a rapist. Which I like that he admitted that he was a rapist because in the first one he said, I am no rapist. And it's like, mm, yeah, right. yes, you are like that, that. Even though you think you're just inseminating them to get them pregnant with a turkey baster rape. Right. Like that's non-consensual. And you are impregnating someone like it may not be, you know, the typical, but it's still non-consensual. And like, yeah, so well, basically what we get here is he has moved. He's in a different area. And at the very beginning of this film, we see a fire and he has a little girl with mm -hmm. him. And then it cuts to like eight years later. And then... Eight years later, he's moved to a house in the country, which is it's a beautiful house. Mm -hmm. Love, I would love to do like a country chic goth house. Oh my God. <laughs> With a greenhouse. They had a greenhouse. Yes. It was stunning. And he keeps her pretty much locked away from the world. Because right. if you remember from the first one, his daughter was killed by a, was she a drunk driver? No. What I was she? I don't think she was drunk. I just I just know she hit her. Yeah. Well, he, his daughter was killed, which is very sad. But he wanted, all he wanted basically was a replacement daughter. And he just happened to find one, like literally find one. Yeah. And on, come on to the find side out. of the road. Yeah, literally. That's, you wonder this whole time, like maybe if he did something wrong, but. No, he literally just found her on laying laying in the middle of the road. Should he have picked her up, taken her home, and assumed role of her father and lied to her her whole life? No, probably well, should have called CPS. But right, but he does hear on the news when he picks her up that the house that she was from, because there's a burning house that you see that she's wandering from, and the house that she was from was a meth lab. So he's like, oh, okay, so these were assholes who didn't deserve her anyway if they're going to blow up the house with her in it. Right. And totally fair. My only, like, you know, comment on that. And while we get to they are pieces of shit that don't deserve her later, addicts can recover and get their children back. And that's a huge point in the foster care system is reunification, you know? Absolutely. But that's not what happens <laughs> here in this whole thing so yes he was very much in the wrong because addicts deserve to recover and get their children back but he didn't give them that opportunity because he just took 
this child and raised it as his own, raised her as his own. And she has no idea that her parents exist. She's under the impression that her mother died in this fire, which is actually where she was found. And, you know, her parents blew up the meth lab, a house went up in flames. She was found on the road. He took her. And so he's been telling her her whole life that her mother died in that fire. And that's, you know, they lost everything in the fire, which is why they don't have any pictures of her mother. And that the only thing that he could save was her, his daughter. Mm-hmm. So he's just also assumed that story. And she also has this one little strip of like grayish, silverish, whitish hair. And actually, if anybody has that, I found out recently that's usually a birthmark. So just a that's cool. Interesting tidbit there. It's really neat. I've only seen one person in real life that has that. And that's it's super, super cool. neat. Yeah. But that's that's important for later. She asked if she got it from her mom and he kind of avoids the question, but says yes, but also Mm -hmm. not very confidently because it's definitely not from him. Right. And there also is this other auxiliary character who makes deliveries to them, like plant deliveries. So I'm guessing it's like a floral delivery service. Mm -hmm. And it's this character that advocates for his daughter like let me take her and get her out of the damn house and he only lets this happen every now and then I think the last time he said this happened was like three months prior yeah she has to pass a bunch of tests not just schooling tests but as we see in the preview she is like running from him basically that kind of test like he's trying to make sure that she is strong enough to survive yeah, like if y'all have seen Kick-Ass back in from like 09, it's like that, but like not. You know what I mean? Like it's like a father trying to teach his daughter to survive, but in the way that he's a Navy SEAL trying to mm-hmm. teach her survival skills. Right. Yeah. So she keeps failing that. And so he says, you can't go because you failed. And they finally convince him to let her go. And this character actually stands up to him and is like, don't take your anger and hurt from the war, whatever out on your daughter. Yeah. I really liked her, but you know, she's like a strong, badass Marine. So (laughs) she probably thought she was safe. And a strong, badass woman, and so she had to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He had to kill her off. And she was an obstacle in the way. Yeah. So basically, there's this they go into town, and then there's this creepy dude that corners her name is Phoenix. Which corners, I love. Yeah, me too. Phoenix coming out of the ashes. That was great. Yeah. Dude. When I was like 18, I wanted a Phoenix tattoo so bad. And I'm so glad I didn't get it because how basic. No offense to people that have (laughs) Phoenix tattoos. But yeah, like I'm glad I didn't get it. Now me with like a Pennywise tattoo of me (laughs) in 10 years is hopefully not going to be like, what the fuck did you do? Right. But honestly, I don't care. I'm still going to be a neato person with a badass tattoo. (laughs) From a badass artist. Exactly. But... Uh, I thought I was like, I've been through so much and I'm coming out of the ashes. Mm. Anyways, the name is cool, though. Yeah. So Phoenix and this woman, I'm going to find her name because it's 
way easier. They only call her Hernandez. (laughs) Of course, they call her Army Ranger Hernandez. They don't give her a first name, I guess. But the her and Hernandez go into town, and she goes to the bathroom with her guard dog, her badass fucking Rottweiler. Just Swedish Rottweiler. Until he's not. Meow. Meow. Goes into the bathroom, and a man is there. His name is Raylan. Tries to talk to her, and is like being really creepy. Like, you get big pedo vibes. Well, first of all, why is he in the woman's restroom? To be creepy. Exactly. So you find you find out later, sorry, that he is her father. But it's not like he knows that. It's not like he followed her in there specifically. He's just in there like a fucking creep. So were you going to try to sell drugs to a kid? Were you going to be a pedo? Were you going to rape some woman? Like, what, what the fuck were you doing? You're obviously not a good fucking guy. Yeah. Mm. Mm. They do say to follow them, though. Like, they found their target. Yes. Found what they were looking for. Well, he sees her hair. And later you find out it's because he has the same thing. But yeah, he's like, oh, shit, that's my daughter that I lost years ago. Yeah. They follow Hernandez back to Norman's, who is our blind man, and they wait for Hernandez to drop Phoenix off, and then they kill her later, which is like, why, I guess? Because Hernandez didn't, like, I mean, she saw him in the bathroom, but like, I don't know. It just seems like that there would be... Yeah, they literally talked to her about how they were dishonorably discharged from a dishonorable war or something is how they say it. And then they go, doesn't that make us honorable? And she ignores it. And then they fucking kill her. Yes, you're very honorable. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I guess I get killing her because she made their license plate and stuff and she wrote it down. But if they hadn't just been sitting there waiting for to kill her, yeah. they wouldn't have had to kill her. But I guess if she was going to come back later and disrupt them, then I guess kill her. You know, she's in the way. But I, yeah, I, I don't but know. But also, why did, like, I get that you think you're a, a badass Marine, but you're also still the woman. Why did you get out of the fucking van? Because it's the time that she gets out of the van to go confront them. They have one of their little toadies get in the back of her van, and then he strangles her. Honestly, I probably would have turned around. (laughs) Literally, yeah. There's got to be some other way. She says that, like, that's the only way to town. But I probably would have just turned around, gone back to Norman's house, and been like, there's weird shit going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, they have a big ass dog in a fucking crate in the back of their truck. They're literally parked next to, it looks like a homeless camp, I think. There's like just random stuff over there. Hell fucking no, I wouldn't approach that fucking truck. Even with like a gun and stuff, there yeah. are two of them that you know of. And then you didn't check the back of this giant van, which is how she gets killed. She gets a hammer to the head because she didn't see someone sneak into the back of her van, which is like mistake number one. Even mm-hmm. when like, I used to go over to your house and I'd be there super late. I'd look in, look in the back seat. 
always she needs to watch urban legend always check the back seat you never know you never know and then the time you don't know bam exactly you did and you're dead in a really horrible way too it's not like the one blow will always kill you you know yeesh and it's so sad too because like yeah, this movie's going to go on forever. But like in that moment, the only genuine connection you've really seen Phoenix have is with Hernandez. Mm-hmm. And now you know that Hernandez is gone. Right, exactly. You're like, oh, cool. Maybe she'll be with the blind guy to save this little girl from whatever. Because, you know, we also see that in the trailers of he'll come for me. and So you know that she gets maybe kidnapped or something at some point. No, nope. Hernandez dies. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really quick, too. Like, the first, like, I don't know, 20 minutes of the film. Yeah. Yeah. And then Norman, like, it cuts back to Norman and Phoenix. And she basically says, like, I want to go to school, like, real school. And she's homeschooled because she's lonely. And he says, you don't know what it is to be lonely. And it's like... Just because you lost a kid, like, that's not her fault. And I know that sounds harsh, but, like, she is very much lonely. He's like, you have me. And it's like having a parent that, one, doesn't play with you, doesn't read with you. He's very much like his love is real, but also he's a very serious, somber man. Right. Like, that does nothing. First of all, it's amazing that she has any social skills. Yeah. Secondly, like a child needs to play. Like she literally fantasizes and daydreams about playing on the playground with other children. Yeah, which is so sad. It's literally her going up to the other kids and asking to play and having fun. And then you realize that she's just thinking it and she's on the swing by herself. So with sad. With her dog. Yeah. He's probably her best friend. Right. Like, and it's so narcissistic of a parent to be like i'm enough but she literally tells him like no you're You're not not enough yeah Yeah. which was great because no you're not like kids need other kids that's how they develop that's how they have fun that's how they explore that's how they use their imaginations like just because you're trying to build her into some like badass killing soldier doesn't mean she also doesn't want to play barbies you know exactly you can be both right but it doesn't get to dwell on that for very long. Because yeah, no, because now the house is basically under attack. So we lose our puppy, sadly. What I do like, though, is that they make it a point. They did in the first one and they do in this one. Yes, they kill Shadow, but they don't show that. They do not show that. And he is the only animal that we do see killed or hurt at all. And you don't really see what happened to him because there's even a point where I said there was a dog in the back of these assholes truck. They they loose that dog on Norman and he like risks his own life to make sure that he doesn't hurt that fucking dog. Yeah, he loves animals. Clearly, Mm -hmm. they mean a lot to him. Yeah. So... He, they lose Shadow. They actually shoot him. And we find that out because Norman finds him. And again, remember, like, he's blind. So he just starts feeling around and he feels the wound and pulls out a bullet. Yep. 
I mean, at the very least, I guess they didn't, like, I guess they made it quick. Yeah. But how terrible. Like, all of this is terrible, but it's, like, especially terrible when you know that dogs don't, oh, God, they don't, like, understand, like, what they did wrong or, like, what's going on and somebody's just, like, killing them. Yeah. Ugh, I hate that. Anyways. So, there's a bunch of men. They kill the dog, and then Norman goes outside to look for him. And while he's outside looking for Shadow, Raylan, the guy from the bathroom, has this gang of men, and they go inside the house to try to kidnap Phoenix. And Norman, when realizing that the dog has been shot, realizes somebody is there to hurt him or her or both of them i remember in the first one he got robbed so it could be as simple as that but either way this something nefarious yeah this person wants to harm them or their stuff and this scene of them like hunting her down goes on for a while and she actually Mm -hmm. outsmarts them for quite a bit there's one point where she hides somewhere and he's literally looking in that part under the stairs and can't see her. I would have stayed my ass right the fuck there. Yep. Absolutely. Like, she tries to run for the door. Nope. Uh-uh. I would not have tried to run for that open door because right there he literally couldn't see me. And you know he can't see you because he's looking and you're hidden so well that he's even, like, moving things around and not finding you. That's your spot right there. Exactly. And he's already looked in there. So he's not going to come back. He even left the door open. Yeah. So there's no reason to try to get to the door. Because eventually, if they don't think you're there, they'll leave. Now, granted, they saw her be dropped off. So where else is she going to be? But they'll do something like eventually something's going to give. They're not going to stay there forever. Maybe they'll tear the house apart. Maybe they'll find you eventually, but they'll have to reconvene at some point or something. But I would just want to stay there because I know that place would be safe. Agreed. Especially because it's a huge house. So they have an upstairs, an attic, the main floor, a greenhouse and a fucking basement. Like it's going to take them a while to search all that. Exactly. Now, it's unfortunate because, like, in the first one, they were the ones scared of him, scared of him. But, like, in this one, so Norman Nordstrom here is our Navy SEAL, but he is kind of elderly. These guys are also, a lot of them, ex-military. Right. So they know what they're doing. And they're young. So they're not just your, you know, dumbass kids trying to rob a guy in over their heads. Mm-hmm. These guys are serious. And they're crim- like they're drug dealers. Yes. So they don't give a fuck. Correct. You know? And the first one, they were like, oh, we can't get arrested. We can't do this. We can't do that. They had at least a set of rules. These guys don't give a fuck. Right. Especially because they're, it's ma- mainly this man looking for his daughter, which he can easily say that this guy kidnapped her. So no qualms. Exactly. And, like, at first, you're like, I mean, do I agree with their methodology? No. However, if someone had my daughter and I had to get her back, would I go to these lengths? Yeah, probably. You know? Yeah. 
So, because it, like for a little while now, now they do end up Norman struggles with them and Phoenix tries to run for the door through the hallway, but she gets caught, which we knew was probably going to happen. Mm-hmm. This house struggle goes on for quite a long time. And just like in the first one, that's like, there's actually quite a bit more, I guess, meat to this one than there was in the first one. Because in the first one, not that it was a bad plot, but it was just people broke in. They broke into the wrong fucking house, you know? Mm -hmm. But then there was like the subplot of like, he also had a woman in the basement. And then... In this one, it's a lot more complex because he has this daughter that's not actually his. This dad's coming back for his daughter. And then all these people are also trying to get at him and the daughter. And the daughter doesn't want to go here. And she's conflicted because they do get her after all of these struggles and Norman fighting off these people. And there's a couple of badass scenes like he uh, sets someone on fire. Mm-hmm. He glues someone's mouth and nose shut. That was a good one. Yep. And... He actually sets someone on fire because he has like the safety box for his daughter to go to and she gets locked in it and he starts filling it up with water. Mm-hmm. So hell no, go and set that bitch on fire. But eventually they both get basically caught. They knock Norman out and they tell her the truth. They're like, this guy stole you. I'm your actual dad. And he proves it to her by showing her his hair and how he has this strand of like white silver hair just like she does Mm -hmm. and so she makes that connection but this poor girl's got to be only like nine years old she like 12 i think is what i calculated because it says it's eight years later and the little girl walking down the street is yeah maybe four maybe five she's 11 she's 11 i just saw i just found it yep she's 11 like, that's a, this is a lot of information for an 11-year-old to grapple with. Uh-huh. Like, for anyone, but, like, having an identity crisis while the man who raised you is getting beat to death, and then you're apparently your real biological dad who may be lying to you, but uh-huh. pr- doesn't really look like it, but you don't know this person. They just walked into your house and started trying to take you with guns yeah. and thugs is telling you, you're my real daughter. You can come with me. What the fuck are you supposed to do? Right. Because if he's telling you the truth, the person you know is your dad has been your kidnapper the whole time. So you basically just have Stockholm syndrome. (laughs) But you don't know that, you know. And then this other person just seems kind of like a sketchy criminal. But on on the flip side of that, he's also just trying to come for his daughter and is facing a man that he knows is dangerous. Right. But she is confused so when they try to kill norman she stops them which is fair because even no matter what he has raised her and is the only father she's ever known Mm -hmm. that's not just going to go away because you say it's like you know when this is kind of bad but when people find out that they didn't father their child because their significant other cheated like that doesn't that love and affection doesn't just go away Right, that's same still thing your for child. The, yeah, same thing for the child. That's still your parent. Like, the paper doesn't really mean anything. And 
but she has been grappling with this confusion. And also she's not really happy with Norman because he doesn't let her do anything. So it's, it is kind of a glimpse at some freedom that she's been longing. So like had Norman given her a normal childhood, she probably wouldn't even give a fuck about this person. Right. But she is struggling internally here too. Right. Especially because, you know, we've already seen her visiting her mom's grave. Like she definitely is missing out on something parental. Yeah. She's not getting friendship. She's not getting she's not getting any warm fuzzies from Norman yeah. at all. She's not getting any like of her she's not getting a lot of basic needs met. Mm-hmm. And so she sees this as you know, she loves Norman, but also if this is my real dad and he did kidnap me, you know, why do we have to kill Norman? But also, like, this could be a good situation for me. Yeah. So they they do, she does stop them from killing Norman. And... She has been, like you said, leaving flowers at the burned house and has a whole memorial for her mother. And she tries to run away, like, from all of it, but she kind of gets away for a little while. And she goes to her room, packs a bag, and she kind of tries to shimmy down her, like, out of her window and down, like, a pipe. But she gets caught and knocked out by one of these other guys his name is Raul yeah and so now they have her she's unconscious so we're taking her and Raylan releases his dog to kill Norman in the attic and like you were saying earlier instead of killing it back which he definitely could have done he had the opportunity Mm -hmm. to shoot this dog and i was like please don't please don't please don't please don't do that please don't do that because it stays on that shot for a while Mm -hmm. but then he he like breaks down like crying a little bit i mean especially because he just lost his puppy and yeah sad and this dog's being used as a weapon it's not doing anything wrong exactly it's dogs all they want is to please their humans so if their humans train them for one purpose they will do that purpose. Right. Which is why pit bulls have such a bad rap because I swear all they are like the biggest people pleaser dog. Mm-hmm. So they'll just do whatever you want them to do. <laughs> so they release the dog and he actually traps it with like mattress springs mm-hmm. and is able to keep it alive. But they don't even care about the dog. Yeah, no, they're just like, we're going to burn this house down, even though the dog's still in there. Yeah, he's like, the dog's dead by now. They're both, they're, they're we're good. Like, right. it's fine. So they fucking throw Molotov cocktails into the house and just set it on fire. And poor Norman, first of all, I don't really have that much compassion for him. But once you start going back in there and risking your own life to save the dog, mm-hmm. I feel a little something for you. Yes. Also, like... Fires are terrifying in and of themselves, but I couldn't imagine the fear being blind. Oh, God. Dude. Yeah. Terrifying. Like, you're just feeling around and everything's hot and sucks. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) Jesus. Mm. And also, like, 
how do you, you know your house well, but when it's on fire, like floors are dropping out from under mm-hmm. you. And like, I'm sure everything at that point just kind of gets like discombobulated, you know? Absolutely. So the house is on fire, but he does get out and he gets the dog out too. And obviously they're cool now because he saved him. Mm-hmm. So he finds, he starts walking with the dog and he finds Hernandez's van. And he also breaks down over the loss of Hernandez. Mm-hmm. He, he comes off as this very like harsh man, but we knew from the first one that that wasn't true because of his daughter. Mm-hmm. He was just very jaded. Right. Absolutely. But now he's lost. Somebody took his daughter and then he finds this other person who you can tell he respected a lot because yeah. every time she had an opinion, he listened mm-hmm. and he's not that kind of dude. And that other person cared for his daughter greatly. And he trusted his daughter to this person. Mm-hmm. Let her take his daughter without him present into town in a car. Like that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So he finds her van, finds that she's dead, has another breakdown, but then uh, opens the back of it and arms himself with whatever weapons he can take. And then he leashes the dog and basically tells it to go home. Which I love. Yep. So now he can figure out where they took Phoenix. So this... Is so weird to me. I guess this is just like a no name, nothing town because this gang is literally what we'll call them because that's basically what they are. They have this whole abandoned hotel. And like, I get that abandoned buildings are kind of, they're condemned. You know, you can, you know, homeless people will sleep in them and stuff, but they have a whole ass like drug operation in here. Yes, and it doesn't look that bad. Like, there's a full-on fucking fish tank still working and beautiful. Right. So, what is happening? What? Where is the city? Right. And they've uh, been it, there for a while. Yeah, I know it's in Detroit, and I know a lot of stuff there is, you know, kind of yeah, right. run down and empty. But still. Yeah. But jeez. And... When Phoenix wakes up, her dad is there. And first of all, you want this? Like, you, I honestly didn't know where this was going at all. This totally came out of left field for me, this whole second plot line. But I got to tell you, when I got there, I did have a reaction. And I'll tell you what it was in a minute. <laughs> but the dad is sitting next to Phoenix when she wakes up. And they do, you know, talk about being the real father. They both have the white hair. They talk about the fire and what happened. And he says, you're not a prisoner anymore. So you can do whatever you want. If you want, you can walk out right now. So she gets her stuff. And she's been hell-bent on going to this, like, shelter. Because she'd rather be in a shelter. Yeah, but she also doesn't know. Like, she just sees kids that she can play with. I even, Connor went and saw this with me, and I even mentioned to him, I'm like, oh, just wait till she finds out that that shelter is worse than what she was living with, probably. Especially with Norman, yeah. Yeah. But it's the closest thing she has to, like, a normal school, Mm -hmm. you know? And the kids do look fairly happy, at the very least. It's just for 
or orphans, you know, basically. Yeah. So she goes to leave and everyone is like staring at her and you're like, there's no way they're just going to let her walk out that door. They brought her there for a reason. And maybe the dad just does want her back. But my whole thing was he wants her back so badly. He's not going to just let her walk out the door. He's going to say something to her, do something. And then, and then you hear her mom starts singing and the whole time she's been singing this song. And then when you hear someone start singing it, you realize her mom's alive. Yeah. And obviously all she's really wanted this whole time is her mother. Mm-hmm. And she's been leaving. She has a whole memorial for her mom. So that's like, obviously it's a shock. Correct. But even more than that, it's going to be the biggest emotional manipulation eventually uh, but exactly so manipulative like he tells her to leave and then her mom's just down there waiting so manipulative and like at first it's like okay so we're getting the family back together but hmm. so this is when this other subplot here comes in they wanted her Because her mom tells her they're kind of bonding, talking about how her real name is Tara. And they talk about their family and how that they had a kitchen and it exploded. They were fucking cooking meth. And her mom is terminally ill because of the explosion. And she's dying. And it's like, so you just found your daughter to tell her that you were dying? And at first you're like, okay, did you just want to make this riot on your deathbed because that's kind of selfish bringing a kid in just for more trauma but then it's like her mother tells her that she needs a new heart and only a direct relative can get her a new heart they abducted her not because they actually wanted her but because they need a new heart for her mother and they drug her and take her to a makeshift operating room where a surgeon who's not like a I'm sure he was legit at one point, but I'm pretty sure he's just like harvests organs on the black market now. Yeah. They literally mentioned that there's like a news article going around on the TV that talks about a doctor harvesting organs. And then we find out it's him. Also, I'm sure that this is definitely something you're going to survive. You're definitely not going to get an infection in this grungy-ass hotel. Mm-mm. Yeah, you're going to kill your daughter, take her heart, and then be totally fine. Come on. Right, exactly. After also, a heart transplant? Yes, exactly. And we find out that basically why they have to do this, quote-unquote, is because she's their cook. So she's the one that actually cooks the meth. Yep. Whereas everyone else sells it. And what are they going to do without a cook? They're not going to make any money. I'm sorry. I don't know how to cook meth, but I do know that there's lots of dumb people who figure it out pretty fucking fast. Not another one of you can figure out how to make it. That's what I was thinking. I was like, you are telling me that she knew she was dying and didn't have like a a lesson plan or something. Yeah. Like- also, you're not going to be able to cook it. Well, after heart surgery, <laughs> just no. that whole plot kind of, I, I hated it. I literally, when they were saying, we need a new heart, baby, I rolled my eyes so hard. I That's <laughs> that's how I reacted to that plot point. Mm-hmm. I rolled my eyes and I was like, that's the best they could do. Yeah. That's it. That, that's it. Like, I know that they had to give Norman a reason to come get her. 
And if they did it just because the loving family wanted her back, that wouldn't be enough to kill them. Okay. But a heart. Uh Uh-huh. They could have wanted to put her on the streets to make her a drug dealer. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. Because she's a little kid and people would have, you know, like not been expecting it or like and then i feel like that would have been pretty justifiable because you don't want a freaking 11 year old to become a drug dealer and potentially a drug addict right absolutely or initiated her into a gang or like all these other reasons that were not justifiable to go and take your daughter back but like that one was so outlandish to me Mm -hmm. that it just did not now granted like you want her to be saved and you're like rooting for him to come and kill all these people. And so the action scenes are like justified and cool and stuff. But like that whole heart thing was just so dumb. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you felt the same. Oh yeah. I hated that. Whole Cause thing. I actually rolled my eyes in the theater. Yeah. Because the first one, while it wasn't my cup of tea, it was at least like, a pure plot mm-hmm. for the most part got a little dicey there at the end but you know what i mean like more plausible right like people broke into this guy's house and he was a badass fucking navy seal and they messed with the wrong motherfucker mm-hmm. okay we could get down with that you know it doesn't really ask you to abandon logic too much right this one however lots of logic abandoning and i'm not saying black black market organ things don't happen right but like to go and kidnap your daughter for your wife who's your meth cook Eh. yeah who you just randomly ran into her in a bathroom and found her after eight years of her being missing but you also just had this organ doctor just here and ready for you or like maybe they had kind of tracked her down and it wasn't like random but he made it seem kind of random when Mm -hmm. he just saw her hair i don't know or maybe he was standing there because he wanted to verify that it was her it's not super clear on that yeah maybe they had already tracked her down Maybe. Okay, okay, but how? <laughs> right. She's a hermit. She hasn't gone out of the house in three fucking months. Yeah. It, it it doesn't tell you any of that. At least, like, I don't need the whole plot explained to me, but when the plot gets a little outlandish, I'm kind of like, mm. hmm You're asking me for a lot of trust that you're going to make this right. Right, you know? exactly. <laughs> But the action is good. He comes in. He saves her. Kicks everybody's ass. That's fun. And actually, the one that knocked the kid out in the first place and the whole reason she got caught is not cool with what's happening and helps Mm -hmm. him. Yep. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then he tells her, like, he kills every... Actually, he fucking blinds her real father. So good. And yeah, shoves his fingers right <laughs> in his eyeballs. Yep. And then he's there just by himself on one end of this empty pool and she's over on the other and 
she's getting ready to go to him and he basically tells her don't i'm not a good man i've killed people i raped people and then the father that he blinded is stabbing him and she comes over and kills that dad and saves him well not saves him because he does bleed out and die but she tries and then she goes to the uh sanctuary i think it's called yeah there's a post credit scene too oh i missed that they imply that Norman might still be alive. Oh, because we want to potentially make a third one. Because the dog comes by his body and... Aw, puppy. Yeah. But, I mean, who knows? They, I hope they don't make a third one because this one kind of lost it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I like her. Like, if we were to follow her maybe in something else, that'd be cool. Yeah. And the original director did not come back. For this. That makes sense. Yeah. Also, he was supposed to come back for this and didn't because he was working on Evil Dead 2. Ah. So. He actually really wanted Don't Breathe 2. So he asked basically his following and the people if they would prefer him do Don't Breathe 2 or Evil Dead 2. And the people said Evil Dead 2. And he said he would have preferred Don't Breathe 2 to win because it was like his own creation. But Evil Dead had a bigger following. Mm-hmm. So I haven't heard anything about the second Evil Dead, though. I don't understand. Why not like, why not just put it off another year, another few months so he could do both? Why is that so fucking hard for people? I also haven't have seen to... anything about the sequel. Evil Dead 2? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything about it other than that they're making it. Evil Dead Rise. Man, the first one scared me so much. I don't know if I can do that (laughs) in theaters. I hope that one goes to streaming service so I can watch that in the comfort. Oh, it's coming to HBO Max. Wonderful. Sweet. In 2022. May? No. Sorry. It just says Max. HBO Max. 2022, not May. Anyways, we're not talking about Evil Dead. We haven't talked about that Evil Dead yet at all, actually. Nope. Next year, though, because we just finished uh, Army of Darkness. Yeah. So maybe we'll have to do them together. Spooky. Mm. Anyways. So, you know, I did have some issues with the plot. I did not have two. I just wish they would have kind of come up with maybe a different reason but, mm-hmm. like, I can't come up with a better one, but that's not my fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's your job. And, like, I do think that people are that disgusting, though. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, it's I'm not saying it's not plausible that people are that disgusting. I'm saying it might be not plausible that they would have a whole OR in a meth lab. Right. You know? Or in, like... A makeshift doctor. Right. That actually could perform open heart surgery and all of these other things. And obviously it's it's not super believable because like what blind man's gonna be like able to kick that many asses? Like or not even just blind man, but like any man. But 
you know. Yeah, and I don't think, like, the surgery would have gone off anyway. I mean, you need nurses and multiple people. Those surgeries take hours. Like, it, no. Like, 12, 13 hours. Yeah. Those are major, major, major surgeries. I mean, I'm pretty sure I remember you need somebody to, like, massage the heart while you're doing it. Like, it, it's just, like, a whole thing. And I don't think this man could do it by himself. Yeah. Exactly. So... I mean, I get that they needed to make them out to be bad people so that he could come save her and they couldn't Mm -hmm. just make it a sweet family because then we wouldn't want him to. But also, she ends up with no family at the end. Right. So, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I don't know. For me, it was fun watching him kick ass. Didn't like the heart stuff at all. Probably a three- yeah i mean i think i gave the other one a three i honestly don't know which one i liked better you're like i just didn't like either (laughs) yeah and neither one of them really did much for me and i like watching badass things like action's not my favorite genre that being said like when it's done well like i just recently really enjoyed the suicide squad movie so like clearly i can enjoy that kind of stuff it's just like this one was not in in my wheelhouse i guess mm-hmm. i guess i also just didn't like the protagonist i just really don't like him that much to be perfectly <laughs> honest so yeah i don't know like i'm teetering between a 2 and a 3 <laughs> so i don't really i guess i'll give it a 3 <laughs> you guess I mean, it was entertaining. Three. Yeah, like, it, it did entertain me. It kept me interested, so I'll give it a three. But okay. it, it just is, like, not my favorite. I, like, won't really think about either of these movies ever again, which actually the first Don't Breathe was really disappointing to me because I had been thinking about that movie, and, like, I know I need to see it, but I know it's going to make me so anxious the whole time. And then it didn't. So, like, I may have just built it up in my head a little bit, but it's not hard to make me anxious because, like, I live in a constant state of anxiety for no reason. <laughs> Right. So, yeah. But this one didn't have that same anxiety factor either that the first one did. So, yeah, I guess the first one I liked more because it had more of an edge. This one just tried to have a little bit more of a story. And also the characterization. Like, I didn't give a fuck about any of the characters in the first one. Truly. I know they tried, but I did not care about any of them. I did care about Phoenix. So, Yeah. There's also that. So it's hard to say which one I liked better because the pros on both sides are pretty even to me. So, yep, I give both of them threes. That's what I'll say. Okay. Thank you guys for hanging out with us for this review of Don't Breathe 2. If you saw it, what did you think? Let us know. And you can do that on our socials. Everything is the Extra Sisters podcast. And Twitter is at the Extra Sisters. You can email us your opinion, which I always forget to include here. It's the Extra Sisters at gmail.com. And it's even easier to do that on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash the Extra Sisters podcast. Until next time, stay creepy.